0: you're listening to me search i'm crystal and my name is dustin we're two friends taking space
1: and making space
0: for other filipinos to share their stories and insights
1: join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers business leaders and bosses hey crystal hey dustin hey everybody hey everybody (laughs) hey everybody Hey, (laughs) Hey, ah, ah, ah.
0: (laughs) gotcha there i love that thanks for coming by thanks for coming by everyone thanks everyone yeah yeah hey let's kick off this episode with a question
1: okay okay
0: a question from a dear pal from san diego Shout out to Christian.
1: Shout outs, Christian. Shout outs, Christian. Let's roll. Let's roll that question. <laughs> Hi, Crystal and Dustin. It's me, first time caller, um, long time friend, and um, pending the successful distribution of a vaccine. Um, what's the first thing that you're going to want to do in a post COVID world? Love you guys. What a good question.
0: What a good question. And Christian, we love you too. Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, sure. So I had a few ideas in mind when I when I heard this question. And I think my immediate response was, I want to go get some Korean barbecue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Because that is one thing that I have not done since... Oh my gosh. Restaurants went uh since COVID. And that was a thing that I would do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember when I moved to Orange County um a long time ago when I was still in Orange County. Um there's a restaurant called Gen. Mm. Do you remember Gen? Yes. We went to the one in Tustin. We sure did. We sure did. And I don't know if that's like the best out there, but it's pretty darn good for the area. Pretty pretty darn good deal, mm-hmm. price price range wise. And I remember going there every day of the <laughs> week for like two weeks. Damn, boo. <laughs> I <know>. yes,
2: <laughs> I know.
1: And I just I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. But. Like reflecting a little bit deeper into this question, I really just want to hang out with my brother (laughs) and his uh, and his nephew and his wife, because they're awesome people. I miss them. I mean, yes, I've seen them, but like it's very short spurts, very Mm -hmm. like, okay, don't touch me. Very, let's be socially distant. I'm just here to pick up a carton of eggs because you said I could have your carton of eggs kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, like, sit down, have a meal, drink a beer, watch a movie, and just, like, be with them. Yeah. So that's that, that would be my other response.
0: Oh, my God. I am getting really emotional right now because I'm all... <laughs> I also feel like I've hit another COVID wall recently, but I think it's also because of metro, uh, Mercury and Retrograde.
1: Mercury is in Retrograde! Like, like, retrograde. It, is,
0: it is like a combination of of COVID fatigue and this stupid Retrograde, which I feel is a real agent of distress. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you in distress right now?
0: I'm in distress.
1: Everyone is in distress. I'm sorry to hear that. God,
0: I'm just tired. I just <sighs> I just need a break from life <laughs> from COVID. Um, oh man, yeah. yeah. I feel you. But that just like uh, Yeah, that 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 kinda hit hard. I know like we talk about that all the time. Like I just want to see people yeah. uh, during COVID, but like right now it's just like Ugh, I just want to hang out like I want to see you <laughs> like I want to see like I literally I was have so irritated
1: that we only saw each other for like two minutes I
0: know it really hurt my freaking heart and like I couldn't even see your complete face I just saw your freaking <laughs> eyes you know and like the bridge of your nose <laughs> you know it's just like I just want to see your face boo like in it's real funny. life
1: it's funny because like since like wearing masks since wearing masks is a norm, I haven't even bothered like shaving. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go through long long periods of not shaving. Yeah. And like, it- my facial hair comes in very patchy. So. <laughs> <laughs> so like the bottom half of my face is not cute.
0: <laughs> well, it's looking fine, boo. It's all good.
1: Thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs> But what about what about you? Uh, what do you want to do post COVID when you get your vaccine and whatnot?
0: Well, I I too just wanna be with people. I just wanna be with family. I want to also shout out to Kirsty Kirsten from the Pop and Locks podcast.
1: Shout out, Kirsten.
0: But like I just wanna give her a hug because she just got married. <laughs> you know? Um, You know, congrats congrats to Curse and Romere, and also everyone. Romere has a podcast, it's a crossy ass podcast. Check it out. But you know, I just want to give them a hug, I want to send them my love through hugs, you know. And yeah, but I also, speaking of of Mowage, um, (laughs) I would really like to go on our honeymoon finally because we were supposed to go to Japan. Uh, last April, um, and then COVID said no. <laughs> so COVID
1: said nah, fam.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe later. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to go to Japan already with Michael. And I, I, we had so many plans and so many places that we wanted to go eat. We were going to go see some theater. Um, I'm just over it. Boo. <laughs> Like yeah. let's everyone let's just stay home and wear our masks. Oh, and get our vaccine.
1: One thing that reminded me of, just fun fact for everybody listening. Yes, I was on a game show in 2019, and I won a trip to Nova Scotia uh, that I have yet to claim because of COVID. Uh,
0: uh, COVID is the worst. And, um,
1: yeah. So I was supposed to go to Nova Scotia in 2020. That did not happen. It's probably not going to happen in 2021 either, but, um, it's fine it's right. because I didn't even know where it's Nova fine. Scotia was. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google it when I left the set. I'm like, that's cool. I want a trip to Nova Scotia. Where is that? Is that in like Greenland?
0: <laughs> wait, <laughs> so wait. Um, It's in Canada. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) For folks who are also like me who didn't know where Nova Scotia is, it's in Canada.
0: Hey, you learn something new every day.
1: Yeah. There's so
0: many places in the world that, you know, sometimes where they exist leaves leaves our minds. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I hope this is all over soon so we can do all the things that we want to do and see the people that we love. To everyone who's hitting a wall as well, we feel you.
1: We hella feel you.
0: And we are with you. And we are giving you many hugs and all the positive vibes because we know that this isn't easy. So, (sighs) hey, I hope this... Podcast brings you some comfort. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it, it it does, but if it does for anybody, like yay.
1: <laughs> it brings it brings yeah. me comfort, at least.
0: Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We get to see so. each other and and chit chat. Chit chat. <laughs> and get to this the bottom our... of things.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is uh this is the thing that we, we get to do to experience human interaction, so
0: yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, shall we continue? Yeah. All right. So well, Christian, thank you again for that question. We miss you. We hope we see you soon. And if any of y'all out there want to send us a question or a message for us to share on the show, um, leave us a recording at anchor.fm slash me search podcast. Slide into our DMs on social media at Mesearch Podcast. There. Do it. Or you can email us at contactmesearch at gmail.com. Yes. Y'all.
1: We love those.
0: We do. We do. We really do. They're so fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's so fun. All righty. Boo, who do we have on the show today?
1: Our guest today is our buddy, Jay Aurelia, who is the co-founder and president of Creative Alchemy where they develop web applications for organizations of all sizes. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll get to hear about how Jay was able to navigate the waters of starting his own business and how his family and friends played a role in his career trajectory.
1: Let's get into this episode.
0: Let's do it.
1: Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yay! Welcome. We are here with uh, Jay Aurelia. Um, and for everyone out there who may not know, I might not put this in the podcast, but I think it's a fun fact. Aww. Jay and I used to be roommates in college, and they were roommates. <laughs> 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 um, I'm so happy you're here, Jay, because you are one of my favorite people of all time,
2: and I'm very serious about that. uh-. I want to just say thank you so much to both you, Dustin, and Crystal, um, just for having me. And likewise, you, Dustin, are definitely one of my favorite people of all time. And there's no other way to spend a Monday night than with you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just just talking talking about stuff, anything actually, just chit chatting about you know life about life and
1: things that happen in life and yeah I I told Crystal this like before but she is one of my favorite people and Jay you are one of my favorite people I'm just so surprised that I haven't been able to get you all in the same room in the past I just feel like this should have happened sooner like even in like social circumstances
0: well good job boo just kidding
1: (laughs) I know I'm gonna have to like after this COVID things done, we'll have to have like a legitimate hangout, like the three of us. Yeah, please. I would love that.
0: Let's do it. All right. So let's get to know you. You are the co-founder of Creative Alchemy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you got started?
2: Sure. Uh, Creative Alchemy is a web development agency. So what we do is we build web applications for businesses. Uh, That can include content management systems, um, internal tools, but it can also include stuff that the public sees, so dynamic maps, websites, that kind of stuff. But yeah, we basically build software. How it started was my partner and I, uh, Joanne, she and I have been wanting to start our own company for a long time. Uh, Before this, we have worked as software engineers for about three years. We love it. You just see software being used in a lot of different sectors of society now, right? And so for us, it was sort of a really good chance to sort of stretch our legs and try to make something on our own. Um, Just because with software, you could just do anything and you could be anything to anyone. So um, uh, we saw that there was a huge need for software, like on a client basis. And so we we opted to do like an independent contractor kind of business. And so that's what Creative Alchemy is, is sort of this intersection between being creative, but also combining creativity with technical prowess, being able to back up that creativity with really sophisticated software. And, you know, it's something that big companies need, but it's also something that, you know, um, even small shops need, you know, like artists need their portfolio websites. Restaurants need their menu website. That's sort of um, what we do. And we're really happy that we were able to get started this year.
0: What does it mean to be a software engineer? Please explain to me and the folks at home what what that is.
2: Sure. To be honest, there's actually some contention for... Uh, what a software engineer really is. I I, I don't want to gatekeep it. I think anybody who writes anything that requires logic is a software engineer. Kind of to put it simply, it's somebody who creates software in a very methodical way. And when they create software, they think about how does this scale? So the more users that use the software that you build, will it be able to withstand that kind of traffic? Is it secure? I think one thing that is happening a lot um, more and more in the software engineering spaces, like data breaches, right, and personal information becoming exposed. Those are the sort of things that so- we as software engineers have like a moral obligation to get right.
0: You have a huge responsibility in the world <laughs> to keep us safe.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's really a lot of pressure. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you think about like Tesla, right, and you think about like self-driving cars, uh, it's people like me who build like the AI that kind of governs the way that those cars work. And from what I know about myself and all of the mistakes I make as a software engineer, (laughs) it actually kind of scares me (laughs) because because like, yeah, it's super easy to make a mistake. You need that common language to talk with other software engineers and be able to sort of check each other's work um, and make sure that everybody is on the same page that we're up to standard. Um, That's something that's very important in the industry. But yeah, it's a lot of pressure.
1: You had mentioned one of the important pieces of being a software engineer is this common language and the need to be able to check each other's work. And part of that is having a good partner in any project that you're working on. So you're working on uh, projects in Creative Alchemy with your like literal Life partner.
2: Yes, <laughs> I don't want to like
1: make assumptions.
2: Life partner. <laughs>
1: no, no. Today partner.
2: <laughs> no, I think um, I think that's a fair uh, way to describe us, and that um, Joanne and I consider ourselves life partners for sure. Um, actually, next year is going to be our ten year anniversary. So,
1: oh, congratulations! Oh my gosh, <gasps> ten years!
2: Aww, congrats. Oh, congrats! Thank you. I know it feels like we're still a new couple sometimes,
1: right, y'all? I met Joanne and Jay separately. I probably met each of you before you met each other.
2: Yes. Wow. Because you you probably were in the, uh, the auditions, so you probably each know us independently first before yeah. we met each other, yeah.
1: Wow. Time flies. So for context, everybody, Jay, myself, and Joanne were all in an a cappella group in college.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very cute.
1: Oh my goodness! Wow. That's, so how does how how
2: does that feel working with your partner in Creative Alchemy? It feels honestly great. Um, and actually, to give more context to our relationship, um, we actually worked as coworkers for our previous job. We used to work at a public radio station called KPCC. KPCC. Uh, yeah, definitely check them out. KPCC.org. They're an NPR member-supported um, station. And I worked there for three years. Joanne worked there for like a year and a half. So we're, we've are we been coworkers now for about a year and a half. Um, and so we, we pretty much are used to spending like 24 seven, like our lives together. It's just like, it's just what I know as my life now. Like we're also best friends. And so I feel, I guess, more encouraged to do a lot of things. Um, I feel like a lot braver because I know I have a support system to back me up and I feel like I'm not really ever alone in doing anything so that's actually been pretty good the one thing that I would say if you do work with your um, life partner if there's a way to sort of demarcate your work and your um, just regular life find ways to do that whether it's like a designated workspace in your living situation or you know or, or it's designated time to work I think that's better we, we haven't quite Perfected it yet, but we're we're trying to sort of set ourselves up in that way to sort of make our working situation like kind of more optimized, so that mm. we're not always talking about work, um, or we're we're like not thinking about um, we're not too distracted while we work as well.
1: Mm. I'm glad that it's working out really well. Yeah, that sounds very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's interesting though.
1: We'll have to connect with Joanne soon.
2: I would definitely love to um, talk to you with Joanne about it because <laughs> yeah, for me, it's great, but you know, I'd love to hear her opinion too. Cause I'm sure, you know, <laughs> there are probably some complaints there.
1: <laughs> so Jay, talk to us about the moment that you realized you wanted to become a software engineer.
2: So, When I was growing up, I told my mom and dad that I wanted to be a doctor. (laughs) And I think, to be honest, it was true for a while, just because I knew how happy they would be if I became a doctor. And just to give context, my mom and dad both were doctors, so (laughs) their majority of my family is in the healthcare industry. So it was sort of like my dream up until I was 20, I guess. And I think in college, I realized that uh, medicine wasn't really my passion, just for me personally. Uh, I started to learn that more and more as I got deeper into um, the prerequisites for what pre-med is. And then so I had to make a really hard choice of switching majors. And then so during university days, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be creative because that's really what made me happy as um, a kid. Yeah, as a kid, I, I loved to create things Um I've always loved to sing, draw, um, act. I think in in university days, I really realized that my true passion was in something creative. I wasn't sure what that was yet. Uh, After I graduated college, I went into filmmaking. I thought more about making music videos. Uh, I went into wedding videography because that was a little bit more um, of a stable industry to go in. But throughout those days, um, I kind of realized how I love the technical part of those things as well. And I think, I think I realized after Joanne kind of uh, was going through the same things in her life too, she kind of realized, oh, there's this like thing called software boot camps, right? And you go for like 12 weeks and you kind of have a crash course on um, like software development. And then at the end of 12 weeks, uh, they sort of help you, guide you through the process of um, getting a career in software. And so I thought it was really interesting that she was doing that because she was also really creative and really interested in music as well and sort of that's sort of her passion but then i thought about it and i was thinking like wow like all throughout my life i've been such a computer nerd <laughs> i've always loved software my whole life why didn't i ever think to be a software engineer and why didn't i think of this sooner and so i went in the same program that she did in san francisco and we went to boot camp together for 12 weeks 6 days a week they were like 12 hour days, but then they give you a chance to sort of learn, build projects for your portfolio, work with teams, and then prepare for like interviews and stuff. And so that was actually really valuable at the time. And then in there, I really knew, oh, this is this, like I hit like the jackpot. This is really, really fun to work with. This is definitely my passion. And like from there, it just like blossomed into this career that I'm so grateful for. I wish I could say like when I was 12, I knew that I wanted to code, you know, (laughs) but, but actually that wasn't the case. It was really, um, kind of my interests were kind of scattered, but I knew I wanted to be creative. And I think software engineering is sort of a way to be creative and still be technical at the same time.
1: Do you feel like being Filipino impacted that moment that you decided to go into software engineering or
2: or the software boot camp, let's say? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think definitely being Filipino, at least to me, means... Um, it sort of means that you have, I guess, examples to look up to. Mm-hmm you know, it's, it's, it's tough, at least, and I'll just speak in a sort of microwave with my family, in that, like, you know, you see these great role models in my family. And even putting aside the industry that they're in, they're all very uh, studious. My family really raised me with the idea of, you know, if you work hard, that good things will come. And the one thing that really impacted my decision to be a software engineer is really that idea that, oh, this is something that I can work on and get better at. And I think my my parents didn't really understand at the time because they didn't really know what uh, software engineering was. And so I kind of had to explain that to them. I think the beautiful thing is um, I was so worried about what my parents thought uh, about me being a doctor that I sort of zeroed in on this idea that they really needed me to be a doctor for them to be happy when in reality, they just wanted me to have a stable career and, you know, to to be OK, like after they're gone, you know, like they they just wanted me to be safe. And um, I think they, they once they realized that this is something that I was really passionate about and that I could prove out that this is also something that I could live off of. Um, they were really supportive and actually this year when I told them that I wanted to start my own business which is pretty risky it actually made me emotional but um my mom <laughs> oh no my mom told me um how proud she was of me um and uh I I don't know in my mind I always thought like I had to be a doctor to get there but um you know she said like you know I, I really believe in you and um you know, I know you're going to I know you're going to do great in this business, you know, and she has no evidence, you know, like like when you start a business, it's it's really uh, there's really no evidence that things will go well. But, you know, I think that's that was great to hear from my mom and dad, you know, who are pretty assertive about me being a doctor to then turn around and say, no, it's OK that you're not a doctor. We accept who you are, what you love to do and we support your decision in your career and we just want you to be happy and safe and um, I think that's what it means to be Filipino like what I know to be Filipino is the sense of family, protection protecting your family at all costs and I think that's where their need for me to be a a doctor came from is to protect me but um, that's what's great about being Filipino sometimes like you know your family's, you know you might have disagreements but in the end a lot of at least for my Filipino family, they they came out to support me really strongly, and that's something that I'm very lucky to have in my life.
0: That's very beautiful. Oh,
2: thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was really surprising to me for her to hear her say that because um, for a long time I I thought I was a disappointment. So um, that w- that was shocking. It, like it gave me chills, um, and it's like. Definitely nice to hear. But now, now I have my own pressures of like, okay, can I can actually do this now. <laughs> not, not, you know, like you, you always point like, ah, oh, my parents, blah blah blah. They didn't, they didn't think I could do it. But now, yeah. you know, I mean, you always point to something, something external. But now it's all like on you. Like now, like okay, now you have the support you need. So now you really have to like, you know, just do this for yourself and like be brave and really take that leap. Do
1: you feel like? being Filipino has impacted your experience in the workplace at all?
2: I think it's tough to point to a specific way that being Filipino affected my career. But I do want to say that it probably has. Um, Whether I know that consciously or unconsciously, just every industry sort of goes through this, right? Where there are sort of unconscious biases. Um, And this is just from my personal experience, but... I didn't really have a lot of examples specifically of like a Filipino that was a software engineer that I could kind of like look to. There aren't too many like famous examples to point to, but I will say like there's sort of a privilege in being a man in this space. So being a man and or like an Asian man there's sort of an assumption that you are good with computers um and like I don't necessarily know if that's true for um, every workspace it's definitely a complex issue but I, I will say that um, I think there's a preconceived notion at least um, that I've experienced where people just assume that uh, I'm good with computers uh, luckily they assumed right because I'm a huge like computer nerd so like this is stuff I like eat and breathe but yeah in terms of being Filipino I think Just seeing a resume, Jeremiah Rella, you wouldn't, it's very difficult to make the assumption that that person is Filipino, right? Although I will say that, yeah, it's, if I do notice that there's another Filipino engineer in my community, like we sort of look at each other and we're like, oh, hey, (laughs) and we we sort of recognize it, that there's like another Filipino in the room, you know, like when you go to like a meetup or something. And there's sort of that connection of like that shared, I guess, culture, um, cultural exchange.
0: I love those moments where it's just like "Hmm, there's another Filipino in
2: the room. Yeah, you feel more welcome in the space, you know, Um, you feel like, oh, like, yeah, I do belong here.
0: Starting a business, as you mentioned, is, is a risky business. Where does one even start? I feel like there's so many steps. Yeah. What have been some of the biggest challenges you faced uh, starting your own company?
2: I think the biggest challenge for my company specifically is just um, this idea that you have to find clients. (laughs) As a software engineer, you kind of grow used to, okay, you're presented with a problem. Now solve it. And I kind of got used to that mode. I think when you get into like the independent contractor space, the freelance space, you realize actually even just getting clients is really the tough part. (laughs) It's like 90% of it, right? And then 10% of it is doing, you know, doing that work. That's probably the biggest challenge is just expanding your network. Uh There's this book that Joanne and I use. It's called The Freelancer's Bible. Uh, It's written by Sarah Horowitz, who also does this other website called Freelancers Union. But basically, um, it's like a resource on um, what to consider when you start a freelancing business. And a lot of the tricks that are in that book have been helping us a lot. Uh, In terms of like getting clients, it's really just a lot about putting yourself out there, first of all, not thinking about it in terms of every interaction has to be a business interaction. It's better to just interact with people in your community just to start and then... You know, just, just show that you're available. And then that kind of helps a lot. Just, just putting yourself out there to start. Um, and then I think sh- she kind of posits this idea of uh, a love bank. So if you do good things for other people, like you uh, refer other freelancers to specific people or you do good things for other people, uh-huh. sometimes that will come back in, in like a good way for yourself as well, where they're more willing to refer you. And that's sort of like growing your love bank. You know, not everything is about a like a business relationship or it's not like a buy-sell relationship. Uh, a lot of conversation is just like, oh, hey, so what do you do? Like, what is your business? What are some things that you face, right? And then like, not really positing yourself as a solution, just putting yourself out there that, oh, well, this is the stuff that we specialize in, um, you know? We specialize in working with media companies. Uh, we've worked with these media brands, you know, and like not doing that all in like a pre-recorded, pre-scripted spiel, but sort of letting that be something that you can mention offhand if it comes up.
0: How, how did it feel for the first time to say, I'm my own boss?
2: Oh man, It felt weird, but it felt great. <laughs> like when you see like, on paperwork, that you are, like, the president of a company. Oh, this is great. Mm. And then, oh, this is scary. The moment I saw that I was the president of a company, it's just, like, really surreal, because when I was a kid, I would force all my cousins, I wanted them to help me make a comic book. I was a really sort of, (laughs) I guess, in retrospect, sort of, like, an annoying cousin, where I was, like, I was, like, an idea man, where I had all these ideas, and I wanted my cousins to help me, like, Yeah, we're going to make a comic book. It's going to be like Justice League, but it's not Justice League. I had like this outline for how it was going to go. And I had like, I designated everyone like a role like, oh, you're going to do like the pencil and then I'm going to ink it. And then our other cousin's going to color it in. And then we're going to scan it and then print it and sell it. Right. And like I was thinking about this when I was like eight to 10. That was what I wanted to do. It's just surreal. You know, at age 29, I I can say that I'm definitely living that that fantasy that I had as a kid, just being my own boss and being the president of this company. So you refer to yourself as a president? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of like a weird way to like talk about a two person company. But I guess it's kind of nice, you know, you can choose what you want to call yourself. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of a nice perk there. You're the boss, you can call yourself whatever you want. You're such a boss. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like being your own boss is such an exciting and cool thing. I'm sure that it's like a mystery to many people cross culturally. Yeah. But as a Filipino, it's even more scary. Being children of immigrants um, and having our parents, you know, having to navigate this country and feeling secure in a, a very specific map of how to survive here is kind of like, okay, well, this is what we know works and that's what you do, you know? Yeah. I loved hearing about uh, these triumphs that you you have had as your own boss um and starting your own company and I think it's definitely inspiring for other Filipino Americans to be like, hey, I I am enough to do this. Yeah, you know, I can I can make my own tried and true plan. And you are you're doing it, sir.
2: So <laughs> can I just say you're giving me chills, though? <laughs> <You're-> no, <laughs> no, I. I I felt I I felt like like just um now I don't even know what to say what what is this called snapping <laughs> I feel like just snapping to what you're saying because like I'm really resonating right now with this idea that like the first generation immigrants right they really were primed to survive they wanted what's best for their families so they did everything in their power to make sure that their families are safe like you said this is something that they know works that's sort of like the mode like sort of a survival mode. One thing that I sort of have the privilege of is being able to say like, oh, my parents did this for me and they laid the groundwork for me to now be risky and to now I'm not in survivor mode anymore. I'm in passion mode. Like I'm in a a mode where I'm free to pursue a passion. And that's all because of what my mom and dad did for me. If there is a way for each and every one of us to, to take a risk and to sort of pursue your passion, you know, if, if you see an opening, even the slightest bit, then that's, that's an incredible blessing and I'll say go for it. I want to go back to
1: when you were talking about making that decision to go to software bootcamp and kind of transition from this plan of becoming a doctor or working in the medical field. And jumping into something that was kind of new to you, I'm curious, what would you say to your younger self in that moment, now
2: that you know all of what you know? I would probably tell my younger self to not beat yourself up so much. When you have a goal for so long and you don't achieve that goal, it gets really easy to just feel bad and Mm -hmm. to really feel incapable of accomplishing anything, actually. (laughs) For a long time, I wanted, like you said, I wanted to be a doctor. And when I didn't achieve that, I sort of really beat myself up over it for a long time. And I didn't feel very confident in anything else that I wanted to explore because I didn't build up the skills (laughs) for it. Uh, I would tell my younger self, you know, just to be patient. If I was more patient with myself and if I was honest with myself about the things I enjoy sooner, then yeah, I might have I might have done all of this sooner. But I think I also wouldn't change a thing either. Joanne figured it out like always, she figures stuff out before I do, and then and then I just follow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like you found a really good partner in all of this so
2: oh, thank you yeah I, I think i did yeah i can't imagine doing this without her um yeah she she's <laughs> oh 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 Aww. uh-oh um, it's okay this is me search no, she... we we cry on the we cry on
1: the show <laughs> yeah we cry
0: on me search yes
2: yeah she's just been um my best friend Uh, for so long and uh, yeah it's just great to have a companion you know somebody who you know will have your back and uh, (laughs) um, yeah I really appreciate her I'm I'm really glad we're in this together because I think it would feel a lot different if it was just me although like you know obviously to the listeners you know (laughs) no need for a life partner to start anything but for for me personally, for my story, like I was lucky enough to have a partner that wanted to go through this adventure with me, um, and you know supports my dreams, and, and it's just amazing.
0: Well, here's to the dreamers. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, that was really beautiful. Oh. On that note, let's just live in this dreamlike state for a moment, because we're gonna take a quick break. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing?
1: I am doing fantastic.
0: And can you tell me why you're being, why you're so fantastic right
1: now? Well, it's because I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It's called Me Search. Uh,
0: me Search? Mmm. Tell me more.
1: Um, you know, we've well, <laughs> not, <laughs> not much to tell you <laughs> since you've been there, but. <laughs>
0: You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Phil and Perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. (laughs) Well, I'll have to catch it, meaning I'll listen to our own episodes.
2: We are back. Uh, Squarespace. Squarespace lets you build the best websites (laughs) from the click of a button. I built this with Wix. (laughs) I know. I like how we're talking about this guy who builds websites as a career. And then your ad is Squarespace. Just click of a button and you have your own website. Don't hire a freelancer. (laughs) (laughs) You should do that. You
1: should totally do that. Oh my
2: gosh. I would love it if you did that. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you.
1: Yeah. Hire a freelancer. (laughs) Hire a freelancer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? All right. No, okay. I'll tell you offline. No, 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 no. Tell me. Tell me. me. What's up? No, I I honestly don't mind Squarespace or Wix. I think they're great tools. Like, definitely use them So if you get them as a sponsor like for sure (laughs) what do you think are pros and cons between like wordpress squarespace wix and like some others i think if you're a small business it makes sense whatever works for you use it do it i think especially for small businesses like restaurants or um or if you're an actor and you need like a portfolio site you have a website that has probably been built before and like optimized Mm -hmm. before and so when you go on something like Wix or Squarespace, they'll usually have like these templates that are already like pretty optimized for what you need. They'll tell you like, oh, just give me like like a photo and like give me some videos of your work, and then they'll format it for you. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, I think if you start to grow and you and your needs start to expand to the point where you have very unique needs, that's where like it sort of makes sense to get a freelancer or if you just want something bespoke and you've never seen your vision out there in Wix or Squarespace, then that's another reason to use a freelancer. The other side of that coin is there there are templates that have been used a lot, so people are kind of used to it already, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe if you don't want to like have it be cookie cutter or anything, then then you'd want to do that too, but... But yeah, um, WordPress also is another good one. Um, What's good about WordPress is that uh, a lot of developers like to use it, so... Um, There's a huge developer community around it. There's a lot of documentation and you can actually do a lot of like complicated things with WordPress. So out of those three, I would say like uh, WordPress is probably the most developer friendly. The other two are more like consumer facing. Um,
0: When I become a star, I know who to call.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is our our official call to action. Beyonce, please call Jay Aurelia. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Beyonce needs a a software developer on her site (gasps) because her site... No, shots fired. This is what the kids call shade. Shade. (laughs) Um, No, I was on her site the other day, and I think... So, like, so one thing you have to pay attention to is, like, like, in Chrome or Firefox, there's, like, this lock icon next to the address bar. And sometimes it'll be like unlocked, and that means that the site's not using um, encryption. It's not using HTTPS. It's like using HTTP. I feel like that's like something that, for Beyonce, like you, you need to have an HTTPS website. Why? Why is that important? That's really important because if you don't, then any fetch call that happens between the website and the server can be intercepted by a third party. <gasps> so like hackers or whatever? Danger zone. Yeah, and I mean, like, for Beyonce, it's really just putting her tour date, so it doesn't really matter, (laughs) but... Beyonce, get it right! It's not, it's not, like, a big deal. (laughs) It's not a big deal because you can't, like, enter any information as a user, Mm -hmm. personally identifying information. If she had, like, forms on there or, like, a place to send, uh, she wouldn't do this, but, like, to send, like, fan mail or something, Mm -hmm. right? Then, like, somebody could, like, intercept those and then, like, Mm -hmm. take your email and then, like, start sending you spam or something. Gosh. I've just been enlightened. You <laughs> yeah. are good at explaining things. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. Let's try. <laughs> oh, sorry, I think <laughs> I let's interrupted. Get back, let's get back to I totally this. So, <laughs>
1: What was the most recent special project that you've been um, engaged in?
2: Sure. Um, I can't really get into specifics for the projects just because it's sort of sensitive information. Mm-hmm. But what I can go into is that Basically, the projects are sort of related to like maps. So like right now, I'm like working with some like dynamic maps that you can kind of interact with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of similar to what I've worked on before. Um, If you've ever heard of the podcast, The Big One, have you ever heard of that podcast? Oh, wait, that's the Earthquake One. Yeah, that's the Earthquake One. Yeah, I, I know exactly what that was. For context,
1: can you explain The Big One?
2: Yeah, so in my previous company, KPCC, um, there's a podcast called The Big One, and it's by this podcast company called LES Studios, uh, which used to be um, produced by a company called KPCC, which is the public radio station. It's about this big earthquake that um, geologists have been predicting will happen In the near future to future, uh, there's not really a specific dates that we're looking at, but there's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that this earthquake will indeed happen. And so the big one is basically an exploration of that. um, And it goes into what will happen when the big one happens, what you should do when an earthquake happens, that kind of stuff. And it's really, I would recommend, like, if you have time, definitely listen to that podcast because it really... Is uh, great journalism and um, and it's also really fun too. It's it's like and so yeah. I I basically helped with building the website for that. Uh, I worked on a map for them that basically lets you see uh, the liquefaction zones and the fault zones in your community. So it's like a map, and you can search your like home address, um, and then um, you can find out if you're in like a liquefaction or a fault zone. It's <gasps> um, amazing.
0: Yeah, that's super important for SoCalers.
2: Oh, thank you. And so, like, I'm using that experience in my previous job and using it for my clients today. I think I used that tool, Jay. Oh, what? Because I wanted to see if I was, like, in a high earthquake zone. Mm
1: -hmm. Are you? Yeah, I am. (laughs) When the big one happens, um, yeah, you you won't be seeing me afterwards. Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This
2: took a turn.
1: <laughs> this took a
2: turn. Cherish <laughs> these moments. Dark podcast. Jay,
1: where can people find you if they want to work with you?
2: They can find us at creativealchemy.org. Um, or they can email us at hello at creativealchemy.org. If you are interested, definitely check us out. That link also has examples of our previous work with case studies. So you can kind of see the breadth of the work that we've done. But yeah, uh, I would definitely love to work with you and just love to learn about your project. You know, I think that's really, that's the great thing about being a freelancer is just Hearing people's passions and their dream ideas, and really making that come to life. So, I would just love to hear that uh, and get to know you. Beyonce, I'm I'm looking at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. All right. So, um. All right. So, our final question for you, Jay, is, what has put a smile on
2: your face lately? Well, I would say both of you. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, you're welcome back on the show anytime, Jay. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I think um I think what you're doing is really special and I think shining a light um on the Filipino American community, the Filipino American experience, um that's something that I personally haven't really seen too much of. I know it's out there, but um I I really appreciate you guys doing this. Um And I think, you know, you're both very thoughtful about um, the diversity of experiences as a Filipino American. And I think that lends itself well to a podcast, which I'm honored to be a part of. And yeah, I think um, also, you know, besides that, though, you both are wonderful human beings. Um, I think really what's put a smile on my face, at least these last few weeks, is really connecting with family and friends. um, And, you know, just... Just really having that opportunity. I know like in COVID, it's, um, it's been kind of tough. So just having this, like, an opportunity like this is so amazing. Being able to talk to you both um, is so special to me. And so thank you so much. I really appreciate being here.
1: Well, Jay, thank, thank you, you so much. I know that our listeners are going to find a lot of value in what you have to say. And hopefully, we'll be able to have played a part in connecting you with new clients.
2: I really appreciate that.
1: This was Jay Aurelia from Creative Alchemy.
2: All right. Good job. We did it, We did it. Thanks, everyone.
0: everyone. Aw, we love Jay. And guess what, y'all? What? This was our first interview that we recorded.
1: (laughs) This was our first interview that we recorded.
0: Aw.
1: We were babies. We were
0: babies. We were podcast babies. Podcast babies. Jay, thank you for being such a, a a kind guest.
1: Thank you for bearing with us also as we tried to figure things out during our interview with you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what a swell guy with a big heart. I love Jay. And I, I must have met him when he was 18 or 19 years old. So it's been really, really nice seeing him grow into the man he's become today i'm i'm very proud he's like a little brother so in this interview that we had with him what stuck out to me first was that his career journey and his educational pathway took a lot of zigzag turns Mm -hmm. in one moment he was going to be a doctor and then he was going to be a musician then he was a video producer then a software engineer he was always a quote unquote computer nerd So it's interesting how that became his career in the end. So I'm wondering, what are your thoughts about this kind of zigzag life and career pathway?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he's a creative, but he loves computers. Mm -hmm. He can do both, you know? Mm -hmm. He can do it all. He can do it all. He can Um, do it all. He can do it all. (laughs) But (laughs) I think also Jay has an incredibly fortunate situation. He has an amazing support system at home. Um, I love how supportive and accepting his parents were. And he mentioned how lucky he was. And I hope that we see how important it is to be supportive of the paths folks want to take. It really can make all the difference. You know, like it could either push you off the deep end saying, no, I'm going to deny myself this or it can turn into something else. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's so important to be supportive. And I think it's definitely worth exploring, even if there is no evidence to take on the venture, you know, to take on that path, that career path. Yeah. So. That support you can forge
1: his path, forge his own path. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point that you're making because for some people who kind of deviate from whatever is expected of them, it's tough to get buy-in from your family. Yeah, and friends. And Jay made a great point in this conversation that when it comes to parents, they might push back because really they're looking out for your better interest, and it's a survivalist mindset for a lot of folks. But for younger generations. I think they're lucky to have family that came before them to to lay a foundation that can withstand a bit more risk-taking in your career paths.
0: Yeah. And the piece about our parents just wanting us to be safe and secure is a constant theme in all our episodes, isn't it? Um, Right, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think by the time... We're done with this season, maybe. Do you think we'll have more solutions? Or I don't even know if we have solutions. I know we kind of talked about this in our other episode. Um, But do you Mm -hmm. think we'll find some solutions to bridge these gaps between the generations and our own perceptions of how our lives should be led moving forward?
1: I think that's a tough question. To me, what would help is more frequent and transparent opportunities for communication Mm -hmm. between you and your family. But also there's a cultural norm in Filipino households that says we must defer to our elders. Mm -hmm. And when our elders are operating based on their lived experiences, there's a power dynamic that makes it difficult to push back Mm -hmm. because you have different experiences from your parents. Right. I think that's when you have to make room for folks outside of your family yeah. To be that support system for you.
0: Absolutely.
1: But also the practical side of me is saying you got to do your due diligence and consider the other side of, of the argument. And if there's something that you want to pursue that deviates from the norm, um, in my opinion, you should have a plan. And that plan might evolve, but you you better have one at the very least. Um, something with milestones and deliverables so that your loved ones can visualize your progress and i think conversations will be a lot more productive if you have some sort of plan that you're able to outline for them mm-hmm. and something that you could say like this is this is an example of what it means to be successful in this career trajectory mm-hmm. um do you have thoughts about bridging the the gap between generations
0: hmm. i don't know i i still i think i need the rest of the season to <laughs> <So you> have <laughs> um you know more I don't know more answers or more ideas but I think
1: I think it's possible we might end the season with more questions
0: that's true which is also fine and if anyone out there has any you know experience with this specifically or uh, if they have any ideas like send those ideas over we'd love to hear them um, yeah. I think collectively as, as a community, we'd love to hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think there are some career pathways. Like, I think specifically in the art world, coming from the art world, mm-hmm. some of these deliverables are intangible at times or not okay. as clear. And, I think for artists, it's it's a lot harder because it's like how can you communicate these kind of intangible things to people in general at times, um, and That's how 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 to measure success as an artist is also very hard. And I think as an actor, I think mm-hmm. the deliverable was would be like, oh, are you on a movie yet, or are you on, are you on a TV show yet, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't even tell you how hard that is, you know, to even get there. And I know that's like the ultimate tangible thing to say, but there's also so many other avenues as an artist and for me as an actor that I can take that for me would be a deliverable. Mm. Um, And I know you, you mentioned something about like, you know, clearly communicating that so that they can better understand. But some of these things are just like, I don't know, it just feels at the moment impossible for some folks to understand what that could be um so i don't know like as far as artists goes coming from this this artist land um (laughs) (laughs) as much as like we respect and honor our our family members and our elders at the end of the day still what are your own deliverables and what for you will make you happy. And if you're still sustaining yourself and you can figure out a way to, you know, put that roof over your head and you can eat, you know, keep going. Do you. Whatever makes you happy at the end of the day, this is your life. And I know that's also kind of cliche, but yeah, that's all I got right now.
1: (laughs) No, that's good. I think I think for me, the important thing that I learned from your perspective just now is as long as you know that you're you're stable and you Mm -hmm. can provide for yourself maybe that's that's at minimum enough yeah um and you can't please everybody
0: you can't please everybody no and like please everybody if you're happy with how you're leading your life then who's to say that it's wrong or it's not as you know respectable because I can respect anyone who's just happy, you know, and doing them. and
1: mm-hmm. We can't please everybody. We cannot. <laughs> and we're people pleasers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are.
1: <laughs> I'm like thinking about all the people who actually hate us. Please do send us hate mail. <laughs> um, please troll us on social media. Do I'd it like to meet you. How dare you? <laughs> At Me Search Podcast <laughs> is our handle.
0: <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah. Man. I don't know. It's just let's keep digging. Let's keep getting to the bottom of, of this. I yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of yeahs here right now because Clearly, we're still trying to figure it out. But until then, as we're all trying to figure this out, please give yourself a hug and know that we're all doing our best. Yeah? Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. Anything else, Boo?
1: I just want to say thank you all for listening, for sticking with us, because this podcast is a labor of love. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Please don't send us hate mail. Yeah, but I didn't really must, mean
0: it. I didn't really mean it. But yeah, if you must. If you, I, don't, I, don't, if you, I don't dare anyone.
1: If, if you must leave us feedback, make sure to, to do that by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Try your best to rate us as close to five stars as possible. <laughs> um, but regardless of how you rate us or how you review... Stay safe out there, and we love you.
0: We love you. Hugs. Hugs Hugs for all. Hugs and claps. (laughs) Claps for being you.
1: (laughs) Make sure to subscribe to Mesearch wherever you listen to podcasts. Find new episodes on the first and third Wednesday every month. Check us out at Mesearchpodcast.com.
0: And find us on social media at Mesearchpodcast.
1: Mesearch is produced and hosted by... Dustin Domingo, and Crystal Tugatti.
0: Editing by Dustin Domingo. Special thanks to our guest, Jay Aurelia. Learn more about Creative Alchemy and contact him at creativealchemy.org.
1: Shout outs to all our friends and family giving this podcast a shot. We'll catch you all at the next episode.
0: We're going to get to the bottom of things.
1: This is me, search folks. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs>